everybody. Hi, friends. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Think God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, Dan, we're going to be talking about what happens when religion enters the metaverse. <laughs> the, the tech age. It's the age of, uh, <laughs> of tech religion. And uh, and and I think yeah. good things are, are are coming down the pike. Yeah, we're we're helping you know Zuckerberg out here. We're yeah, getting some ideas rolling for uh, for for, for Zucker Church. <laughs> yeah, because you know that's actually probably going to be a thing. Yeah, gross. All right. Well, first we have some news, some things that happened to talk about. Various Damn. and sundry, sure. Um, and one of them, as somebody who is uh, getting on an airplane fairly soon, uh, and you know, there's actually a lot of like airline news right now. The mask mandate has been struck down by a federal judge currently. Yeah. That's where we stand right now. The Biden Which administration doesn't mean that like all of the all of the like airlines had to s- stop making people wear them, but they did anyway. Oh, uh, the airlines were so done. They, they were, were done. so done with that enforcing that. Um, and you know, and of course it doesn't mean that the, the virus is (laughs) going to behave itself, but what can you do? Well, anyway, there's some other, uh, risks apparently of getting on planes these days, uh, Uh as exposed by a video that went viral. Oh my God. um, Yes. I know exactly what you're going with this. (laughs) A Christian pastor playing guitar and leading his congregants, his people, whatever, who were all on a commercial flight in, in song, in Christian song. Everybody's packed onto a fucking airplane. And that's not bad enough. Some asshole's got to whip out his guitar and stand up in the aisle and just start singing at you. Oh my God. Oh my God. God, like the video is. Did you watch the video? I did watch the video. I uh, uh, I eventually turned the sound off because I couldn't. <laughs> I love that it says worshiping Jesus thirty thousand feet in the air. Um, is the one I saw. Why Why can't it be worshiping Jesus plummeting from thirty thousand feet in the air? Yeah, and uh, the video that I'm looking at right now, it's actually paused on somebody's face who is not part of the group. Oh my and God. He, he does not look happy. Is the guy in the blue plaid? Literally no <laughs> other person on that flight is enjoying like, here's the truth. And and I believe this to be true. I'm not in this position, but if that ha- happened on a flight that I was on, oh. the instant I saw it start, I would stand up and say, no, yeah. absolutely not. No one here wants that. Sit your ass back down. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I would first hit the flight attendant call button Mm. (laughs) and, and be like, uh, and be pointing and be like, shut this down, shut this down. Yeah. Like this is no, this is where no, no, I will not not sit through this. Well, apparently, uh, U.S. Representative Ilan Omar, yeah, uh, who's Muslim, right? Indeed. And she covers, right? She, um, and uh, she tweeted about this, 
And she, she said, I think my family and I should have a prayer session next time I'm on a plane. How do right? you think it will end? Exactly. Yeah. They, like literally every Christian who watched that video and was like, thumbs up, yay, go, Jesus. Yeah. They, would, they would be furious well, first if a of Muslim all, did the same thing. If a Muslim did the same thing, honest to God, there's a chance that they would be tackled and that the flight would make an emergency landing. Yeah, there would be an attack. Yeah. There would be an attack. <laughs> like, the, <laughs> like, check your religion at the, at the airplane door. Yeah. Sir, just hey, sit down sit in your seat is, and pray the whole fucking yeah. time. If you want to quietly to yourself. Yeah. This is not the time nor the place for some good old fashioned street preaching for, yeah. For singing at people. Ugh. No one's asked for this. No one wants this. I would You're just so inflicting mad. it on us. Uh, in an interview uh, later with um, Christian post. Uh, the, the pastor himself, he has a, he was, he was like, you know, he's like, they were just coming, I guess, from Ukraine is what he said. And mm. they, they were just charged up and they just, they just had to share Jesus's love and everything. But the response, all of this media response and everything, his, his reaction to that, he says, uh, they persecuted Jesus and persecuted the, the disciples. This is the cost. No. You, sir, were persecuting those poor people on that plane. No kidding. You were bullying uh -huh. nice people into having to choose between actually saying something about your egregious display yeah. or sitting, suffering through it. Yeah. Sit down. Oh, my God. Don't I would do not, that. I would not have been still. It that would have been. Yeah. An, and, and the thing is, you have to catch it early. You yeah. can't be like, wait, what's happening? And like, you know, they're <laughs> 10 bars into their song. You got to like, he stands up with that guitar. No, uh-uh. I don't know what your idea is right now, but it's not, it's wrong. Well, Sit back down. Yeah. Go and, I, go and watch a few episodes of Community or something. I think I would have booed. Boo! Boo! Anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen listening at home, uh, <laughs> we give you permission to have whatever loud and song stopping reaction you want. Don't, don't hit. Don't no, hit, don't, no, don't, don't, no. Don't go all Mike Tyson-y on people. No, no, not at all. But, uh, but yes, you, you are allowed to very forcefully, uh, assert your right not to have Christian songs inflicted on you <sighs> on a plane. God, no kidding. Ugh. It was so gross. Uh, anyway, um, so I'm going to take us to, where is this? It's somewhere. There's a place called Christian College of Georgia, so I assume it's in Georgia. I don't know <laughs> what, what part of Georgia. It's I, a little yeah. It's a little baby college. It's yeah. just a cute little baby college uh, that loves Jeebus. Back in the 90s, they realized that they could apply for what's known as an educational broadband service license. Oh, okay. And what this was in the 90s, uh, it's different now, but in the 90s what it was was a, a way to own some of the broadband, some of the, uh, the radio frequency spectrum in oh. your local area. Okay. So that, so that the 
And the idea was that these colleges could broadcast to everywhere on their own campus. Oh. Whether that was like a TV broadcast or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, so they owned this bandwidth, and it was basically free for, for educational groups to have. Uh, you just had to apply for it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they got this and didn't realize it at the time, but instantly found, or, or pretty soon after realized that if they could lease that bandwidth to like cell phone companies. So they, they got a, a contract with T-Mobile, uh, leased that licensing to T-Mobile for like $55,000 a year. Oh, wow. So not a small sum of money. It actually yeah. turned out to be half of the annual income of this tiny little college. <laughs> it is a small college. Yeah. Holy cow. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. If their income is just over $100,000, uh, have... what do they have? Four pupils? Four students, <laughs> who knows? And two professors, right? Poor, two poorly paid <laughs> professors. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how it works. I'm not digging into the, uh, the finances. We probably couldn't <laughs> dig into the finances. It's a religious thing, so they probably don't even have to release their, their finances to the world. Anyway, um, it then five G came along. And uh, and some new change, some new changes also in the uh, in the FCC regulations, oh, okay. which uh, they, these happened in 2019, and they basically allow the schools to sell their licenses to okay. commercial companies. Okay, all right, rather than just leasing it every year. Mm. Well, that can be worth potentially millions. Uh, the, you know that that little bit of licensure. Uh, for, for a company, you know, for a cell phone company is, is worth a lot. Um, and a company called WCO Spectrum offered them more than five and a half million dollars for the license. Wow. This, this little then, school might be growing. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's, that's some, uh, that's some, that's big coin for a tiny little school like that. Yeah. Well, they, uh. T-Mobile decided to step in and uh, and put the hammer down. No, oh. they offered. Oh. They, I mean, they offered to buy it too, but they were like, uh, "You get one million from us, and if you try and sell to anybody else, fuck you. We're not going to let you." <laughs> what? And apparently, it's something to do with the uh, the leasing agreement and whatever. Oh no! Uh, and so they're putting a, a stop to it. So now it's like. Uh, Little baby David and big mean cell phone Goliath. Oh and no! And of course, you know this little college doesn't have they they don't have the bandwidth, if you will, for a lawsuit. <laughs> so anyway, so they're just going to uh, keep taking their fifty five thousand. Well, we'll see. Uh, or they or they're they're going to force uh, the the you know the the college to take just a million instead of five point five million. Such bullshit. Like yeah, like, so like I'm not really I mean I have a hard time rooting for the 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 little Bible college, but right is right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it does like, it does seem and th there's something wrong here. There's something that's that's not quite right with that whole thing. And it's T Mobile, yeah. you know, like Yeah. Yeah, they they can afford they can afford the five million if they want to, but it, <laughs> I mean, obviously, they don't want to pay $5 million if they can bully them into a million. Oy, 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 oy. 
It's uh it's a tricky one. Uh I don't even know why I bring it up. I just it was just this weird little uh thing where, you know, it, hey, if you don't just go back to your roots, man. Just uh just get all Jesusy about it. You don't you don't need that spectrum. <laughs> just uh, Oh, they've just, gotten they've gotten uh sort of greedy. On the, yeah, the telecommunication teach, just, teat, right? They've you've, gotten a little... You've, you've got a hill. Mm-hmm. Just sit on it and teach. Yeah, there you go. Oh, so like the the money's corrupted them a little, you think? Obviously. Clearly. Clearly. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. All right, Dan. Yeah. I have a story. Uh, I, I kind of really like this story. About Sodom from the Bible. The city. Oh. Sodom City. Which, Gomorrah gets no play. Everybody, they only talk about Sodom. I don't know why, but I, I wish Gomorrah got a little more, a little I more mean, action out there. Yeah, Sodom. Like, of course, it's a little sure. more, uh, a little more titillating. <laughs> yeah, you know, they, they named they, a whole sex act after <laughs> it. So yeah, there's it's gotta I mean, be good. What, what what's 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 Gomorrah got? Right. Nothing. What is Yeah. What is the sex act that is Gomorrah me? It's, I want to know. <laughs> you probably don't. But anyway, uh, there is an excavation project currently underway in Western Jordan um, on, at an ancient settlement uh, near the Dead Sea. It's called Tal El Hammam. And uh, it's, uh, it's a crazy, crazy site. Because the one thing that everybody can agree on about this place is that something really unusual happened around 1650 BC uh, because the, the town was destroyed in some sort of apocalyptic event. Uh, The rooftops are melted. There's disintegrated pottery. uh, There's unusual patterns in the rock formations Uh uh, that can be associated with intense heat. And for roughly three to six centuries after 1650 BC, um, the settlement's um, hundred or so acres were fallow. They lay fallow um, for that period of time. And so recently, Stephen Collins, he's the principal archaeologist uh, at Tal El Hammam, he speculated in uh, the scientific journal Nature um that the incineration matched the place and timing of the biblical story of Sodom and Gomorrah <laughs> which of course is not a typical sort of speculation from you know super qualified archaeologists yeah especially um, considering that almost certainly nothing from that story actually happened <laughs> right exactly um, of course, this is the story of what Abraham pleading, no. pleading with God. Is that who it is? No, no. Lot and his wife were the, were the, uh, the Sodomites. Oh, that's right. So it was Lot was pleading with God to spare Sodom. Um, I'm going to call out, uh, I believe this is religionnews.com. They say it's Abraham. That's where I got what? thrown off. Yeah, you're right. It is Lot religionnews.com got it wrong everybody got schooled by the atheist <laughs> well Suck by it. by you atheist not me i didn't catch it 
Um, but anyway, uh, so lots like bar- bargaining with God uh, to spare Sodom, right? Uh, in order to save its few remaining religious or I'm sorry, righteous uh, residents. Good people. Um, and then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah. The book of Genesis says, um, and Abraham, Abraham looks back and sees dense smoke rising from the land, the smoke from a furnace, like smoke from a furnace. And uh, anyway, so people started questioning, who is this Stephen Collins guy? Well, he is the dean of the College of Archaeology at Trinity Southwest University, uh-huh. a, sure. a Bible college. Um, and he, along with 21 experts, so so to speak, or yeah. so-called, they were the ones who sort of formulated this this opinion that 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 he's sharing about the possibility that it was a meteor that exploded midair. <laughs> um, and I love it when they go sciency on me. Yeah, right. And they're saying that it, it would have it would have had to have been an airburst larger than the the one that happened in Russia, right? You're, do you right. remember the ni- early 1900s? There was an explosion over uh, like Siberia somewhere, and it just like took out a huge swath of a forest. There wasn't really anybody around, but like that people were aware of like what happened. And but which was a detonation that was probably about a thousand times more energy than the Hiroshima uh, atomic bomb. And so he's saying that that it's something along those lines. Um, But as people sort of further looked, eight of his 21 experts uh, are from a group called let me get to it. The Comet Research Group. Oh, this is amazing. This is amazing. They, um, they have, they, they, their whole thing is they've been trying to show that ancient cities were frequently destroyed by comets and frequently, frequently destroyed by comets. Just happened all the damn time. And, and they're saying it in their, in their own literature, apparently that we, (laughs) that we need to do something about comets before quote, your city is next. So there's Can't been some- someone just do something about the damn. Co- <laughs> Listen, your own fucking book says that God sent whatever the fuck it was that destroyed him. You don't get to just thwart God's will oh, by God. by defending against comets. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, and there's been a bunch of other uh, critiques. Uh, apparently. Uh, answers in Genesis. Is that the name of the group? Yeah. Ken Um, Ham's group. Yeah. They're not happy, uh, with this either because it doesn't really line up with their timeline, uh, for sort of the chronology of, of, of of these biblical stories. Right. Um, when this happened, they know, of course they do. Right. And it, this article refers to answers in Genesis as a biblical chronology watchdog, <laughs> which is amazing. This is what they do when people like suggest that something happened at kind of the wrong time. They're like, no, that's uh, that's about two centuries off, which is what they're saying uh, with this one. Oh my God. Um, Simon Turpin, executive director and speaker for answers in Genesis UK uh, says that, 
the only way for proponents of Tal el Hamam to synchronize it with biblical Sodom is to revise the biblical date of the Exodus, embrace a short Israelite sojourn in Egypt, and significantly reduce the lifespans of the patriarchs, which of course they're not going to do. So, um, but Dan- I just love how like legalistic and <laughs> crazed they get about about a series a timeline that a they can't actually track right like right. you know they're just guessing off of like well there's 26 begats in this and if everybody lived to an <laughs> uh-huh. average age of only 403 then blah 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 they, right. like there's no archaeological evidence for any of it right they're just making it up right Oh, I know. Um, and then, I mean, to be honest, they should be embracing this kind of stuff. Right. In, in, yeah. in my mind. Um, and, and, you know, like I love it. I love kind of this idea that like these people are, they have this town that they're trying to, and, and this whole explanation of the comet, like a lot of people just aren't like legit scientists are just not buying it. But of course I, not. I do like the idea of them finding this town um, that was destroyed in some sort of fire or whatnot, not because it provides them any proof, but because it actually lends more credence in my mind to these being fables and stories, right? There's that town over there that was destroyed, right? By a comet burst. I'd be fine if that's what it was, right? Sure. Um, I mean, clearly they found a town that was destroyed. Yeah. And it's they like something went on. It's in sort of the right area. The time is pretty close, whatever. But it's like, it's more likely that some town actually just burned down. Right. And yeah. people, and some lore developed up around it. It got handed down and told through the generations. And then it turns into this story about, you know, lot and, and, uh, pillars of salt and shit. Right. You know, yep. I don't know. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just a- astonishing what they find uh, in the archaeological record. It just proves that the Bible's true, everybody. <laughs> it's true. I mean, we uh, we do claim to uh, base uh, our opinions on evidence. So, yeah, I mean, I look, I'm fine <laughs> believing that like there's a city that was destroyed by oh, something yeah. and. If they come up with a good reason, a good explanation for it. Yeah, but it wasn't. I guarantee you the explanation that they come up with won't be God done it. (laughs) What the real archaeologists come up with. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I am going to, you know, we just had Easter weekend, uh, which, of course, I spent uh, in Atlanta with fellow mm. atheists for the uh, for the mm-hmm. national the National uh, American Atheist Convention, which was nice. Did you Hi, get any, everybody? <laughs> did you get I any met. candy, Dan? Did I get any candy? You know what? Frankly, the fact that they don't do like an egg hunt and like candy thing at the yeah. atheist convention is a missed opportunity. I'll I, be honest with you. They should have like a really like irreverent. Easter egg hunt of some kind. Yeah. 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 Like the eggs have porn in them or something. I don't know what you do. <laughs> something, something goofball. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, they didn't. No, I got no candy from American Atheist. Thank you very much, Nick Fish. What are you doing? 
Anyway, uh, they have it every year uh, on East on the Easter weekend uh, because obviously the hotel none of the like the hotels will give you a smashing deal uh, because nobody else is going to book no nobody's going to book a convention on Easter weekend except them. But what I wanted to talk about is the fact that Easter is an interesting. Uh, it is traditionally. Uh, with most Christian uh, believers, the time of year when you perpetuate a whole bunch of anti-Semitic stories. And, uh, and it turns out that now, in the year of our Lord 2022, there are actually, like, a few churches are actually doing something about it. Hmm. Which I think is amazing. Um... The entire Holy Week is when, of course, Christians recount the uh, the crucifixion story, uh, and part of that crucifixion story, or at least part of how it has been relayed for centuries, is that Jews killed Jesus. <laughs> now, Jesus was a Jew, mm-hmm. so, you know, at best, it should just be a wash. You know what I mean? They killed one of their own. Or whatever, but it has been this idea has been used for millennia, really, mm. as to weaponize Christians against Jews. Mm. Uh, it's it's not it's not a logical conclusion. It's not a good conclusion to draw from the Bible, but I, it's I, one no. that is drawn, and the way that pastors have preached about it for a long time. Has not helped. Right. So uh, there is a movement afoot. Um, you know, the the religion news services uh, story on it starts actually at the, the Cathedral Church of St. Mark here in Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh. Uh, the Episcopal Church, where they're, uh, where they're actually trying to sort of come to terms with it and trying to get the uh, anti-Semitism out of Easter. <laughs> It's apparently trickier than you might think. Uh, there's a lot in that story that people sort of unwittingly even emphasize that hmm. ends up making uh, that ends up perpetuating some very bad feelings about uh, about the Jews. So there are they're looking at things like changing uh, na- the the word from Jews to Judeans, which is actually more correct anyway hmm. it was you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's more specific and it's uh and just little little changes like that interesting okay could make a big could make a big difference uh and of course all of this comes amid the backdrop of really heavily increasing anti-semitism here in the united states like right. it's been problematic yeah and you know Christians are have never been good on Judaism. They've never been. Matter of fact, even like just this year, I don't know if you caught it. Um, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds po- posted a uh, a tweet that was just a happy Passover tweet. Hmm. And if you know anything about Passover, you know that the clip art menorah and the uh, the dreidel probably don't belong. In the Passover tweet? It's the one thing she knew about 
you know, to be fair, yeah, right? it's the one thing she knew, right? Yeah. About the, Jewish the holidays. Image itself, the image itself has like, it's like a very cutesy little thing, but it's got a menorah. It's got a, uh, a jug of probably a, I think it's like an olive oil jug. Cause there's an olive branch next to it. And there's a, a Torah scroll and a giant pomegranate and mm. a glass of wine and apples and honey and gelt the little uh, chocolate coins. Mm. I assume they're chocolate or they're coins. And she's just making a direct reference to, you know, Jews and their, their hoarding of the gold. <laughs> uh, you know how they do that. Anyway, yeah. Just <sighs> absurd. Yeah. Like you can't even do happy your thing correctly. Right. Hmm. Just take 10 minutes and just ask yourself, is this right? Have I done this well? <laughs> but there you go. Oh, that's amazing. Well, Dan, here's yes. something uh, something we've kind of talked about through the years. Uh, these health cost sharing ministries. <laughs> um, these uh, they sort of pseudo health insurance groups. The ticking time bombs that people put their money into. And yeah. Rather than that they'll get health care rather than, you know, engaging with the satanic, you know, uh, uh, affordable care act. Hey, uh, hey, don't, <laughs> coverage. don't go besmirching Satan by associating him with our with with the health care in the United States of America. <laughs> Satan is better than that. Oh, golly. Yeah. The 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 mess that is American health care. Um, or at least the ways that we pay for it. Yeah. So these, these were sort of this, um, they would, they would get people to kind of donate to the fund and then like the, the organization, the, the ministry itself would sort of figure out whose medical costs to refund is how it worked. Right. If you were a member, sort of a dues paying member, donating member of this whole thing, you could submit your re- medical receipts and have them refunded. Right. Um, in theory. Reimbursed. Or not re- refunded. Yeah, whatever. And uh, in theory, like, if you don't really think too much on it, um, it sounds like a good idea, right? Like, people I just mean, helping people out. It's kind it's of. It's basically insurance. It's basically it's, insurance, but not. But without any promises. And without probably actuary tables. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's they're not basing how much this costs on anything real. And so they were these these organizations have historically sort of been known for denying a lot of claims. Right. Right. Um, well, nonetheless, a big giant one uh, is closing Charity uh, Ministries, uh, which was formerly known as Trinity Health Share. Right, which was a big one. Uh, yeah, it was one yeah. of the one of the one of the early ones and uh-huh. one of the big ones. At its peak, had forty thousand households in its network. They filed for bankruptcy uh, not too long ago, and then the board got together and uh, kind of thought the whole thing out, and uh, and they decided just to liquidate instead. <laughs> um, with it, with a whole bunch of people who had outstanding medical debt, ten thousand families. They oh estimate God. Um, probably have some sort of unreimbursed uh, claim with oh the, my God, with that the group. Is just um, abysmal. It's it's really really awful. Um, I mean, part of what took this organization down and should and it's what 
states should continue to do um, is just states suing and going after them um, for, you know, creating uh, unlicensed and unregulated healthcare insurance. Right. Um, it's literally, it's literally just a scam. It's, it's a it, total scam. Opening arguments did a whole uh, really good rundown on why it's not acceptable that these exist mm-hmm. and why it's a full-on scam. Yeah. Well, uh, this one in particular was also owned uh, by the for-profit healthcare management company, Aliera. Um, <laughs> and so the state of California in their lawsuit called a, called charity a sham front group. Right. Yeah. They're not even, they're not even what they say they are. They're just a front for this, for a real, it's a real insurance company seeing how much they can get away with. Well, it's a healthcare management company. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, they're not claiming that Aliera in this article at least is a, is an insurance company itself, but yeah, they're in healthcare and how evil can we be? Yeah, totally. It's it's like oh look they'll let us be more evil if we say we love Jesus let's do yeah. that yeah so um, oh those ten thousand families uh, uh-huh. collectively uh, f- uh, have ten I'm sorry fifty million dollars of uh, unpaid medical bills is what they oh, are saying is likely the case you know it's, so they were dupes for for signing oh, up God. and and you know it it was not wise of them to sign up no. but I. I don't. I don't wish any ill on a on a family that's struggling with healthcare issues. I know it's such a fucking shit show. I know. Um, and I, I, I can't. Obviously, this is just pure speculation. But if these people had just taken advantage of Obamacare, um, yeah, they would not be in this deep in. Um. So, yeah, it's you know it. There are no easy answers, but. Yeah, uh, the the main thing to do is make sure that what you're signing up for isn't just churchy, yeah. Because then it's almost always a scam. But that, but isn't that the crazy part though, right? Like, right. it happens over and over and over that like these religious groups scam masses of people out of money, right? In whatever way yeah. they're doing it, right? And yeah. And, 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 and somehow it's, it's the government's plan to fix health insurance. That's the evil thing. Right. Right. Exactly. Like it's, it's just, I, I don't know how these people are so disconnected from reality. Well, they're believers. I guess that's it. That's the trick. Jesus. Literally. If you say the word Jesus three times, it's like Beetlejuice. And suddenly like they, their brains just go, Oh, I must be okay. Then I'll give you my money. I just, I'm sure uh, you'll come through. Oh, it just makes me sick. And, and like you're saying, like my heart legitimately goes out for these people. They they're dupes. Yeah. You know, but that's not their fault. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, learn, do, do better. Read the contract for one thing, but yeah. Well, I'm gonna from there. I'm gonna take us to uh, Brigham Young University, Ooh. Idaho, oh. the Idaho campus. Yeah, which that one. For me, Bleak. BYUI is the canary in the Mormon coal mine. <laughs> oh, what, okay, 
whatever uh, you think might be coming down the pike, if it, it they're testing the waters in BYU Idaho. Yeah, they're they're seeing what they can get away with. They're you know they're whatever awful bullshit they might attempt. It's happening there. Uh, and here's the thing that that's cute now. Uh, a student just released a, a TikTok or a video recently uh, that discussed uh, some goings on in her college level human anatomy class. Oh, okay. Which is that all of the imagery that they are meant to look at for their for, for their human anatomy class has big circles blocking out all genita- genitalia and female breasts. <laughs> this is a college <laughs> anatomy class. I would presume that people who are studying college level anatomy probably are intending to go f- forward with some sort of medical education. You right? would think so. Uh, they're going to see real ones. Yeah. It's I got news like, for you. They picture, have real <laughs> ones. They've seen it. <laughs> Fair enough. But like. <laughs> it's, the, uh, the, the professor, the f- this is just one professor apparently oh, uh, at the university, but the professor claimed that the reasoning behind it was that there are freshmen in the class and they are too young to, uh, <laughs> to deal with that sort of imagery. They just can't handle it. Oh my God. Which is crazy. I remember being in elementary school and having a, you know, some, I think they called it a maturation program. Mm, Yeah. And they showed us images. Yeah. Like a seven year old can handle these images. It's fine. I think an an 18 or 19 year old is going to, is going to make it. They're going to be okay. Oh my God. Yeah. And yes, it less, lest you wonder, there is a segment of the class on the reproductive system. <laughs> I don't know how you study the reproductive system without, you know, looking at the reproductive system, but uh, it's all just black circles and bars yeah. over everything. No, it reminds me of the time on my mission when my mission president asked me, because you have regular interviews with the mission president. Um, he asked me how I was doing with porn. And I, and I, and I was like, porn, what are you, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. This was before the internet. Yeah. And, and, and he goes, you know, the billboards, because like in Italy, there'll be like, (laughs) you know, naked breasts on, on a billboard. Oh my God. And it was just like, I'm like, oh, the, um, I'm fine. (laughs) Hey, not porn. (laughs) He called the billboards pornography. Oh my God. That's amazing. I was just like, uh, well, the young woman who posted this video had an amazing point, which is that those freshmen that he's worried about will be probably married within a semester. So (laughs) it's fine. They'll be, you know what I mean? That's the culture of Mormonism. Especially BYU, Idaho. Yeah. If you're not if you're not married and you're what twenty two you're an old maid at that point. <laughs> yeah. mm. So funny, funny. There you go. That's uh that's what's that's what's good in in Mormonism. Uh, if you 
per friend at home have anything you'd like to say about this or any of our stories please feel free to write into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com or call and leave us a voicemail message the telephone number is 424-666-8442 stick around we've got more show coming up Well, Frank, Dan, uh, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but our country has elected in its, uh, in its Senate, one a, a hilarious cut up, <laughs> Miss one okay. Mister Ted Cruz. Oh, oh, uh, I caught his um, act last week at the Chuckle Hut. <laughs> <laughs> his set, I mean, it was so good. Oh my God. That guy is so funny. Uh, But it points out, but I did want to play a little clip of, of what he had to say. He is, he's talking about, uh, you know, the fact, and we, we, we've talked about this a little bit. The fact that Disney kind of support has, has been ruthlessly not assholes to gay folk lately. (laughs) Ruthless and they're not assholeness. Cool. Right. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and so, uh, and and Ted just has objections. Oh, I'm to sure that. he does. Um, you know, they they uh, t- Disney refused to be okay with the "Don't Say Gay" bill in Florida, etc. Anyway, yeah. Uh, here's here's what Brother Cruz uh, had to say. I, I think there are people who were misguided trying to drive, you know, Disney stepping in saying, you know, in every episode now they're going to have, you know, uh, you know, Mickey and Pluto going at it. Like, (laughs) really? Thank you for that image, Senator. But it's just like, come on, guys. Like, like these are kids and, and, you know, you can always shift to Cinemax if you want that. Like, like, why do you have... It used to be, look, I'm a dad. Like, you used to be able to put your kids on the Disney Channel and be like, all right, something innocuous will happen. See, Frank, when, when you teach the kids that gay people exist, mm. uh, that's the same as showing them porn, apparently. <laughs> Cartoon porn. Yeah. Mickey and Pluto going at it yeah. is, is, is what he said. Right. That's, that's the line. Yeah, it was hilarious. It was such a funny line. I, I know. I, 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 all those. I mean, the, the the audience was eating it up, though. They they loved it. I just I, yeah, what you, I part of understand. part of though performing, Dan, and you know this is knowing your audience. Well, that's true. He knew his audience. I'll tell you what <laughs> they the they build the most amazing straw people. Mm. Like none of the arguments that they make are related to the reality on the ground. Like they're not actually talking about their real perspective versus the real perspective of Disney or anyone who opposes the don't mm-hmm. say gay bill right. or whatever. They're just assuming that if gayness is involved at all, children will see penises penetrating anuses. That's- they don't believe that. They just, they can't, the, the issue for them is that when they, they can't get gay sex out of their heads as adults. That's it. Right. Like if you say they, gay to if you say gay the word gay to Ted Cruz, he immediately imagines 
two guys going after Absolutely. each other. And, 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 and as a gay man, like, I know that that's true because it's, it's the kinds of questions that, that, like that people ask or, um, about gay couples, right? Like the, the rude things that, that people wonder about who's the top, yeah. who's the dominant, you know, yeah. uh, partner, who's, who's, who's the husband, who's the wife, who's the husband, who's the wife. Yeah. Like that's yeah, but, yeah. what they're thinking of. They're, th- they don't think they're not grossed out about heterosexual couples because they're not thinking immediately about sex with heterosexual couples, because I guarantee right. you if they were, they'd be grossed out by heterosexual couples too. I'm grossed out at the thought of Ted Cruz <laughs> having sex with somebody. My That's point. Disgusting. Exactly. Right. Like, yes, everybody has sex. Well, not everybody, but yeah, you know, it's anyway, it's a, it's, it's absurd. It's stupid. Uh, but that's what they're doing. That's what the right in this country is doing is like, they're not actually, they don't want to talk about the actual issues that they know they they've already lost on. Right. They want to talk about the pretend issue that no one is actually talking about. That is not actually an important concept. Yeah. Well, and now the state of California or of Florida has taken the uh, special district status away from Disney world. Right. Which allowed them to, basically be their own kind of like county government right so they did yep. their own bi- their own building inspections and they could have their own security slash police force and so all of that stuff is now being is going to have to be transferred onto the nearby counties right that and adding all this cost to whatever those counties names are um right. in order to go in and do things that they have no like their local building department has no idea what to do with all the specialized buildings that Disney would build, right? Yeah. They don't know if they're safe or not. They don't know if these rides are safe or not. They have no background in it and they have all of these people who worked for the special district that Disney owned and operated and be, because they owned and operated that, they also got a big tax break. Well, the government, the Florida state government, because they're so pissed off at Disney about these, this LG, all the LGBTQ advocacy that they've done. um, They're now just costing the local taxpayers all this extra money. Yeah. So yeah, it's really quite beautiful. I hope that someone in Florida is actually able to make that message stick is actually able to like point out to other Floridians. Oh, because Ron DeSantis, Mm -hmm decided to throw a hissy fit Mm -hmm. we're all paying more money i hope we're all happy this tax break wasn't costing us anything right like the the republicans were trying to desantis is trying to frame it as like it's costing the state all this money no it's it's gonna be you know kind of a an an even split cost wise it's now just that it's been shifted over to the to the taxpayers stupid all right so stupid uh well, we had some folks write into us, call into us. Uh, I, I wanted to get to them. Uh, Steve, whom I met at the American Atheist Convention. Hi, Steve, uh, wrote into us with this story. Uh, he says, hi, guys. There I was walking my dogs, happily garbed in my TGIA T-shirt. <laughs> uh, to be clear, I was the one in the, ha- the happily garbed one. The dogs were au natural. Um, a pickup pulling a trailer passed by skidded to a halt 
and backed up, trailer and all, oh leaning over to roll down the win- the passenger window. The driver thrust a finger in my direction and yelled, "Your shirt! It's an oxymoron." <laughs> yep, because it says "Thank God I'm atheist." Yeah. <laughs> Well, says Steve, uh, he certainly had me there. <laughs> he followed up. It doesn't make any sense. You don't make any sense. His message of hope and goodwill thus delivered, the valiant defender of the faith put his truck back in gear and sped off. But then fair is fair. Think of how many times we atheists have skidded to a halt, backed up and screamed at someone wearing a cross. <laughs> That's an instrument of torture and death. Or screamed at someone in a Jesus Loves You t-shirt, that's a human sacrifice blood cult. (laughs) Come on, don't try denying that atheists do that all the time, says Steve. (laughs) Yeah, uh... There's a a meme that's been going around in atheist circles. It's like, it's it's a... There's one person that sort of tweeted or, or, you know, commented that if you want to know who's an atheist, just wait a minute, they'll tell you. (laughs) <laughs> Which is probably true. But then somebody else commented, yeah, we atheists are such a such a problem with all the the atheist jewelry that we always wear showing off our atheism when mm. our need to, you know, assault people in the subway of, about our atheism and our well, our desire to go door to door trying to convert other people to atheism. Mm. It almost seems like we're not the problem. <laughs> almost. Uh, well, we also got a voicemail um, that we should play um, yeah. from a listener who wanted to add a little bit to our conversation last week uh, about um, Easter being such a, a mess of a holiday. And she's uh. her perspective is we have that that perspective because we're Mormon. We grew up Mormon. Right. Yeah. And and had that a very is. strange Easter experience. So she kind of like shed some light on it. It's, it's OK. It's a, it's a good message. Hey, Frank and Dan, this is Leslie calling, and I just wanted to comment on your discussion about Easter not making any sense. Um, like you guys, I was raised Mormon, and from that perspective, I would agree that there's just this mishmash of horrific cruelty and torture with the crucifixion, and then, ta-da, we have Easter and celebration, and it doesn't make sense. But I think to other Christians, it absolutely does, and it's not at all the same thing. Um, so I'm a professional church musician because to be a musician and have a regular paycheck. Most of us work for churches in some capacity. So I just barely finished a grueling week of singing for masses almost every day last week. Um, I work for a very fancy large cathedral in an East Coast city uh, where Catholicism is extremely important culturally. And I just want to point out that for Catholics at least, they're coming out of a 40-day Lenten penitential period, and then they have this Holy Week where they have dedicated masses specifically to contemplate the Last Supper, and then the arrest, and the crucifixion, and then waiting for Jesus and thinking that he's gone. And so they have this really deep um, uh, contemplation of all of the cruelty ahead of Easter. And then Easter itself really is something completely different adjacent to the crucifixion, but really they don't overlap. So I just wanted to point that out. Obviously, I'm an atheist, and it was all bullshit to me anyway, but I do think, you know, the Mormon perspective is a very, very weak sauce compared to the way other Christians practice 
their contemplation of crucifixion and then Easter really genuinely being a celebration. Anyway, just wanted to put that out there. Uh, you guys are great. I love the show and keep doing what you do. Bye. Well, thanks, Leslie. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we all, uh, we all have our own experiences and yes, the Mormon experience <laughs> is almost guaranteed to be the bad one. <laughs> And so, the screwed up one and the that makes sense. Boring one and the yep. bland one. Yeah. Indeed. Well, do we have any folks to thank? We do indeed, Dan. We've got two new patrons on Patreon. Uh, we have a new elder by the name Ooh. of Clank. Clank? Yeah. Elder Clank. <laughs> I like it. And we have a new patriarch Ooh. by the name of Christopher. Wow, wonderful. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate that. Yeah. If you'd like to join them, you can you can also become a patron of the show. Just go to thankgodimatheist.com and click on the support tab. And there's a couple options there. And Dan, as always, we have our top donor to thank our Lord and Savior, Demonium. Thanks so much, everyone. Stick around. We've got more show coming up. Well, Frank, Dan, I, I wanted I wanted to start a discussion uh, with a, a news story that I saw that was <laughs> it just it had me tickled. I'll admit <laughs> okay. I'm a little tickled. Uh, it's a an, a Maryland mega church. Uh, you know, these mega churches were forced to innovate a little bit during the pandemic. Hmm. Um, you know, they took a lot, all the churches kind of took to the, to the online space, to the zoom space, to the, to the metaverse, mm -hmm. uh, for their, uh, for their religious practices for a while there, but that left certain, you know, that's fine for, uh, for a sermon that'll get out there. That's fine. But there are certain rites and rituals that, uh, that you really, that traditionally you can't do. Unless you're in person. Hmm. Uh -huh. Well, they're, they're surmounting the unsurmountable task, oh, really? uh, according to this article, okay. where uh, they just had their very first Zoom in-home bathtub baptism. <laughs> they, uh, I, so it's, they were doing by immersion, clearly. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. All right. And uh but you know, not everybody has a baptismal font at the ready <laughs> at home. So uh so <sighs> apparently they uh you know, you just fire up the old laptop and uh the guy says some some words through the internets and dunk and you're golden. <laughs> Self ba uh, uh, auto baptism. Auto baptism. Yeah. I love it. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> and of course, it is, uh, at least from our perspective, every bit as effective as the other oh, kind. Yeah. I mean, no, it has all of the same amounts of magic. <laughs> they figured that one out. <laughs> they, I mean, it's really an admission of, of, of there being a lack of magic, if you ask me. Well, um, I mean, or or an acknowledgement that God's magic, if we are to believe in an omnipotent being, uh, 
he doesn't it doesn't need to be the ritual that you've been doing. It can be literally any fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And uh and if God gives you the the A-OK, it's go it's good. So Yeah. It got me thinking though. Mm-hmm. Uh I I want us to predict, to make some predictions. Oh, okay. About about what technological wonders will be coming to the uh to the believers. <laughs> In the future, okay, because well, I think, I you know, I think this is just scratching the surface. I think once they realize that they can that they can outsource that they can digitize their uh, absolutely their, their rites and and rituals, yeah, their sacraments, if you will. Well, I and I came up with one, Dan. Okay, um, because you know, like uh, in Islam, there is mm. one of the the five pillars of of Islam is pilgrimage right you are at some point in your life you have to go to mecca right yeah and um and so i thought well it's just a shit show over there with millions of people (laughs) and like a hundred thousand people all at once trying to like go make a circle around the the kaaba uh people get trampled and and whatnot um vr vr pilgrimage Right, Oculus no reason. Hodge. <laughs> no reason I to leave your it. house. No reason whatsoever. <laughs> Stay at home. Pilgrim from home. Be a yeah. pilgrim from home, people. I love it. I th- it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. You don't. You don't. You know. Along those lines, I'm thinking. I'm just. I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> okay. Why not have an app? It's like a little. You remember the Tamagotchis back in the '90s, where it's like you had a little. Was that like a little, little digital pet? digital pet yeah you had to push a button and feed it every so often and you had to push another button and make it poop or i don't know what you had to do i never had one okay but i'm just thinking you have an app on your phone it alerts you every time it's time to pray and then you just push a button and some little dude you know you got a little sim dude who's kind of they'll wash their they'll wash up and do the genuflecting for you i like that yeah i don't see i don't see why not i i feel like that would work um And, and to go back to your bathtub, Dan. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, Good. I was thinking Excellent. I was thinking about um the holy dip in um in in uh <laughs> in what is Hinduism? it? In Hinduism where they go Perfect. to what river is it? Many different rivers, but the oh. I mean the one that I watched it happen on was the the Ganges, the, the Ganga. Ganges. Yeah, which is horribly horribly polluted right right and so i i figured you could just uh take a shit in your uh in your bathtub (laughs) and do your holy dip at home wow (laughs) damn okay i see i I see how you're i see where you're coming from we're just get some used motor oil some used motor oil and pour it in there just uh yeah easy just just go to your near the nearest factory and and get some effluent (laughs) and pour it in diy holy dip (laughs) i uh i i I also thought of you know we got to help the christians out some more they've they've got baptism but you know if you have a eucharist problem (laughs) sign up for uh hello fresh eucharist they'll deliver a wafer and some wine directly to your door and then yeah you just have a priest zoom bless that shit uh, not if and, you're mormon uh, though <laughs> just they just well, deliver some wonder bread for you if you're mormon it can just be your your uh, door dash or whatever your 
the, the whatever grocery uh, app you use. And, <laughs> get some and Wonder Bread. Get some uh, some crap white bread, and then just go to the sink and get some water, and you're and you're good. <laughs> you're good, you're covered. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Come into the space age, you guys. This is, we got technology for the for the people. We are saving religion a lot of like uh, thought process, right? Yeah. At this point, like yeah, we're 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 figuring this out for them. I'm sure they're going to be very appreciative. Pretty and, soon uh, they'll receptive. realize they don't need church at all. <laughs> <laughs> but just you wait one of these is gonna happen we, yeah it's a question which one mm-hmm. i think i think your uh your virtual hodge is is pretty on point i think we might be seeing that i mean uh, i have to admit just because mecca is a a place that's closed to outsiders right mm. and quite frankly i wouldn't want to go there during hodge anyway but mm-hmm. i would love to in some way on a, on a small scale, be able to experience and see the sites right with mm. that amount of people. Like if they actually had a VR Hajj experience, just so that you could like <laughs> see what it is, I would totally check that out. I, I would they, absolutely check that out. They ha- You have to stand, you put on your goggles, you have to stand in a room that's cranked up to 112 <laughs> degrees. And then they push these mannequins shoulder to shoulder with you. <laughs> and you have to walk slowly on a treadmill. Uh, yeah. Love it. Yeah. That'd be cool. I think it's perfect. I think that's exactly <laughs> what you need to do. You, I, you invent it. I think you need to do it. I don't want to. Hire, hire uh, <laughs> some, you know, Muslim who's no longer believing to go in there with some, uh, some hidden cameras on so that <laughs> we can all experience it. That's funny. And it should definitely, yeah, you got to have the 3D thing. You got to have like the Google Earth camera going around <laughs> so that you can turn around and look at the guy behind you. And, yeah, totally. You know. Yeah. No, I love it. Okay. I love it. All right. Oh, my gosh. Well, there you go. Uh, if you have any ideas for how technology could help your former church uh, in in the upcoming uh <laughs> I actually do want to hear some listener ideas on this. Yeah. Because, like, like uh, the, the Zuckerberg apocalypse is coming. The Zuckerpocalypse is on its way. Uh, so, uh, what's church going to look like, guys? We, we, we'd love to hear it right into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message about it. The telephone number is 424 666 8442. Yeah, hey, go to the Facebook page, would you? Click on the like button. It's facebook.com slash Atheist. And if you'd like to join one of our members-only lounges, you can do so. Uh, go to our website, thinkoutimatheist.com slash members-only. Yeah, hey, thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all of you, dear friends, for tuning in. We appreciate you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.